0: Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartinized. Today's episode, Trigger Warnings. Warnings make perfect sense in a few contexts. For instance, if someone puts up a video that has graphic violence in it, it makes sense to start it off with a warning, to let people know what's coming, to give them the opportunity to turn away, or to steal themselves for what they're about to see. I've become somewhat obsessed with police violence in this country, and so I watch videos of police abuse and murder because I need to know what I'm talking about But I've never watched a video of Muslim extremists beheading people or burning people to death or throwing them off of buildings because I have no need to. Those are the kind of things that once you see them, they're burned in your brain and you can never, ever unsee them. And I don't want to watch them. And so I appreciate those warnings. But trigger warnings have taken on a life of their own now and crossed way over into insanity. I've seen several articles lately about college professors who are saying that it's just about impossible to teach a class on just about anything without putting trigger warnings on the curriculum. And they've literally had students get up and run from the room crying because something triggered them. No doubt running to their safe space. A room with a fainting couch made of Nerf, decorated with participation trophies. I did a little search on trigger warnings across the internet and found several lists. Here are a few of them. Swearing. Swearing was on the top of some lists. That's right. Oh, there's naughty words here. Rape. Abuse. Physical abuse. Mental abuse. Emotional abuse, verbal abuse, or sexual abuse, or child abuse, or self-harm, or eating disorders, or drug use, legal, illegal, or psychiatric, suicide, descriptions and pictures of medical procedures, even if they don't contain blood or gore, pictures of guns, knives, tanks, bombs, or any other kind of weapon, corpses, skulls, or skeletons, needles, words like stupid or dumb, kidnapping, discussions of sex, even consensual sex, death or dying, spiders, insects, snakes, vomit, pregnancy, childbirth, blood, serious injury, fear of holes, That one's kind of funny because there are hundreds of different phobias, but that particular one showed up on several lists, which tells me that these people are just pretty much copying off of each other. Scarification. Nazi paraphernalia. Slimy things. Squishy things. Anything that might inspire intrusive thoughts in people with OCD. Amputation. Drinking, hostages, hunting, prostitution, terminal illnesses, terrorism, war, fat shaming, thin thinspo, and my very favorite, trigger warning. Because it contains the word trigger, and triggers are on guns, and guns are scary. And while it's fun to make fun of these delicate snowflakes... I have to be honest and admit that I, too, have triggers. Now, my triggers result in a, a, a different effect and a different reaction than the delicate snowflakes' reactions. They either curl up into a ball like a pill bug, or, and this is more likely, they explode in anger, demand apologies and reparations and removal of whatever offended them from the internet or any place else in the world. Or in a lot of cases, going after people to get them fired and quite often succeeding. That's the scary part. People have lost careers and jobs over some silly little thing they said. My reaction is different. It's a purely physical reaction, but it's not quite as extreme. My physical reaction when I see one of my trigger words is to look at the top of my browser, note the tab that is open, move my mouse up to that tab, slide over to the X and click it. And the offending article just disappears. Click. Poof. Gone. So here's a brief list of some of my trigger words privilege if instead of privilege the author had used the word advantage uh, then we got something to talk about i don't think there's any question at all that being white is an advantage over being black being male is an advantage in most endeavors over being female Of course, there's lots of other things that are advantages as well. Things that nobody earned or deserved. Being tall. Tall people are generally more successful than short people. Being really good looking. The great looking people have advantages over average looking people. And the average looking people have advantages over the ugly people. Healthy people have advantages over sick people. Athletic people have advantages over fat people. And if somebody wants to discuss those advantages and have a conversation about it, hey, I'm all up for it. But when someone's advantages are reduced to privilege with that negative connotation, you don't deserve whatever you have because you're white or because you're male. Click, poof, gone. Microaggression. Microaggressions are innocent things said, maybe a phrase, maybe even a single word, that somebody else takes offense against. They're failures in communication that are so subtle, minute, so trivial that no normal person would be offended. But abnormal people, the social justice warriors, the SJWs, They're experts at ferreting it out whether it exists or not and then endlessly screeching about it. You are obligated to apologize. Remove your microaggression if it's something that was published and humbly beg their forgiveness which you won't receive, of course. What comes next after a microaggression? A nanoaggression? A picoaggression? Click, poof gone. Cisgendered. Now, cisgender is a perfectly good word among psychologists and psychiatrists who are discussing people's proclivities and preferences, and they just need a little shorthand for people who are happy with their gender. Men who are happy to be men, women who are happy to be women, which consists of approximately 99% of the population. It doesn't necessarily have to do with whether they're gay or not. Gay people can be cisgendered. But cisgender is now used as an insult. Because you are one of the 99%, you're cisgendered. That's bad. That's evil. Patriarchy. Patriarchy just kind of combines the whole white, male, cisgendered into one big glop of hate. Click, poof, gone. Rape culture. Folks, there is no one more hated in Western culture than a rapist. Nobody. We have murderers who are household names, and sometimes even held up as heroes. You can't say that about any rapists. Rapists are despised more than anything, except for pedophiles who are actually a subspecies of rapist. Now, there are actually rape cultures out there. There are Islamic countries where women are stoned to death for being raped or murdered in honor killings. That's a rape culture. But for some reason, the social justice warriors will not only refuse to address it, but they will defend it, and anyone who points it out is accused of Islamophobia which, by the way, is another one of my trigger words. Click, poof. Now, there's also other variations of rape, which are kind of amusing in their stupidity. There's stare rape. Okay, when a man oogles a woman, that's stare rape. And the latest one, I've just seen this one recently, is reverse rape. If a woman propositions a man and he turns her down because he finds her unattractive, That's reverse rape. Yeah. I've actually seen, on more than one occasion, several different places, where that classic scene with John Cusack holding up the tape recorder outside his ex-girlfriend's bedroom and playing her love song. That's rape. Yep. Yep. Seriously. They're not kidding. Click. Poof. Mansplaining. Mansplaining. Again, a word that used correctly is not a bad word, it refers to a man explaining something to a woman who knows more about the subject than he does. But of course now, every time that a male opens his yap, unless of course he's an SJW mangina, that's mansplaining. And manspreading of course, sitting with your legs apart on the subway. Oh, what a horrible, horrible thing. Now, actually, if you're taking up spaces and the place is crowded, yeah, then you're just being a dick. But if you're just sitting there comfortably and there's plenty of room and you got your legs spread, oh, man-spreading, horrible, horrible thing. Click, poof. Safe spaces. Anybody who seriously talks about a safe space, click, poof. 78 cents on a dollar. Now, folks, this has been explained literally millions of times. Okay, and I don't use the word literally unless I mean literally. There are a plethora of well-done articles. There are research studies. There are YouTube videos. There are podcasts. There is an abundance of information that shows that this is nonsense, that men and women with the same experience with the same amount of years in working in their field typically are paid pretty much the same. Where there is a disparity, it's a disparity of 4 to 6 cents. And in some cases, the women actually make a few cents more on the dollar. So whenever I see that 78 cents on a dollar, click, poof, we're done. And Trigger warning. Yes, that's a trigger warning for me, too. When I pull up an article and it starts with a trigger warning I'm out of there. See ya Now folks, I'm not clicking away to avoid reading things that I disagree with That's no way to get smart and nice. You have to read things that you disagree with But they have to be well written and hey if anything is really well written I'll read it just for the sake of enjoying the reading It's like listening to good music, reading good writing. And it's really enjoyable if it's somebody that you disagree with and they make their points well and they use facts that are actually facts. Then, yeah, I'll read it. Not a problem. But for any SJWs who are still listening to this who haven't ripped their earbuds out yet, let me give you a word of advice. Out of billions and billions of web pages. Somehow I ended up on yours and now you have an opportunity to educate me, to entertain me, to teach me something I might not have known, or help me understand your point of view whether I agree with it or not. That's the essence of being smartenized. Out of all those billions of pages I ended up on yours, but you used one of these trigger words Click, poof, and I'm gone. If you just want to preach to your echo chamber, to your little SJW friends, who nobody cares about except other SJWs, who everybody else just laughs at, well then go ahead, keep doing it. But if you really want to engage people who disagree with you, then you got to stop using these words. Because I'm going to tell you, there's a lot more people like me than there are people like you. And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations, you've been smartenized. Folks, this is a possible reboot of the Quick Hits Podcast, and it's up to you whether it keeps going or not. Let me explain. I've had a lot of people who have asked me to pick this up again, to start doing it again. And I thought about it, kind of missed doing it, but it is a lot of work. And I was going to explain all the different steps and all the things that you do, and I think that might just bore you. So let me just say, it takes several hours to put one of these together, get it all processed and edited and ready to go and get it out there. And that's not counting prep time and practicing and that kind of thing. And so to do it, I've got to know that there's enough people out there listening. And the problem is, there's no way to tell with numbers. The number of subscribers doesn't mean anything. I shut down the podcast Pure Awards eight years ago. There are still people subscribed to that podcast. When I look and see the subscriber numbers, yeah, there's still a few people that have subscribed to it. They just haven't taken it out of their podcatcher yet. And every once in a while it pings the server and, hey, we have a subscriber. And I know on my podcatcher, which is on my phone now, I subscribe to a lot of shows that I hardly ever listen to, and a few that I never listen to and I just haven't taken off the list yet. So number of subscribers doesn't tell you how many people are listening. Downloads are also an unreliable measure. Back in the day when you used to actually have to download all your podcasts and put them on your mp3 player in order to listen to them. I probably listen to about 20% of the ones that I downloaded maybe 25% before I erase them all to make room for fresh ones something that's downloaded is not necessarily listened to and the other problem is that these days things get downloaded in chunks so a single download may be reported as 10 downloads so that tells you nothing so here's what I need you folks to do if I'm going to continue doing this. My plan is to do at least a half a dozen of these and I'm going to release them every other Wednesday. And During the reboot, eh, it may be a little quicker than that, but for the most part, every other Wednesday, I'm going to put out a show. But in order to know how many people are listening, you have to tell me. And the only way that you can do that is with an email. Drop me an email dave at davehit.com or on the old shows it's hitman at davehit.com that works too send me an email put the word quick hits or podcast in the title and just say I'm listening you don't have to put a big long thing in there we don't have to get involved in any kind of a conversation just let me know that you're listening the other thing that you can do is have your friends listen tell your friends about it turn your friends on to it There are over a 100 past episodes, and most of them I put together using a little trick that I figured out from reading old Will Rogers columns to help make them stay relevant. And if you want to know what that trick is, go listen to the last one that I did four years ago, Constitutional Expertise, and I pretty much tell you exactly what the trick is. But you can listen to, and I've been listening to some of the old ones too, just to... Familiar, refamiliarize myself with the format and whatever. And most of them still sound current. There are a few that deal with current events and things that are dated, but most of them aren't. So send me an email. Get your friends to listen and send me emails if they're listening. And at the end of six shows, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to see how many people have responded and how many people are interested and how many people are still listening. And if that number is high enough, I'll keep doing it. And if it's not, I will close this off and say goodbye, and I won't just leave you hanging, I'll let you know. Now, I want to be very clear here where I'm coming from on this. I'm not saying, oh, if you don't write to me, I'm not going to do this anymore. No, 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 it's nothing at all like that. I just want to get a realistic number. I've been involved in minor aspects of show business my whole life, and every show has a finite lifespan. And maybe this one has reached the end. I don't know. If it has, well, certainly nobody to blame but me. You can't go four years between podcasts and expect people to keep an interest. So if at the end of a half a dozen or so shows, it turns out that there's not enough listeners, I'll say thank you, close it down, and we'll be done. On the other hand, if there are enough people responding, I will keep doing it. And I'll try to commit to doing it every two weeks. I know I this is a pattern with me I go to do something I get all excited about it I start doing it I do it a lot and then I do it less and then I do it less and then I hardly do it at all and then suddenly four years have gone by since I've done the last one I did that with articles on the Hitman Chronicle I did that with uh, Smartnizer, which was a little newsletter that I put out and it only lasted in eight or ten issues I will try, though, if I decide to go with this, to try and commit to one show every two weeks, every other Wednesday, because that I can commit to, and much more than that, I, I, I can't promise you, and I, I would tend to pod fade I think, if I try to do more than that, and much less than that, and people don't stay interested. So let me know, and we'll see where this goes. Oh, and listening to the old shows, they all ended with a pitch for Blood Witness, which at that time was only a patio book and it still is, you can still download it and listen to it for free but it is now also an Amazon Kindle book so if you prefer to get your novel entertainment that way just go and look for Blood Witness on Amazon, it's three bucks yep, two ninety nine, dollars 99 and check it out it's a rather unconventional vampire novel and with that all that's left to say is that The Quick Hits Podcast is nothing more than a journal of one man's opinion and so should not be taken too seriously.